This is the Kavnis HR Podcast, and we want you to be great every day. Join us as we transform the human resources outsourcing industry while we talk to small business owners, founders, and people in tech, startup, and HR spaces. Now, please welcome your host, Jason Kavnis. Welcome to the Kevin Sitchell Podcast. Our guest today is Josh Cardoff. Josh, you ready to be great today? Yeah, I'm ready to be great. Josh is an SEO expert and YouTube strategist that teaches his craft virtually and in person through Snapchat and college campuses. He's worked with national brands like Live Nation, where he manages a talent database for rankings on booking your favorite bands, artists, or speakers for events with over 1,200 pages ranking on the first page of Google. Taking his skills in SEO, they translate into YouTube strategy by helping channels grow, write their videos, and perform programming schedules. He currently manages, manages five major accounts, grossing over six million views a month. But most of all, Josh loves to teach, share a story, and encourage everyone to turn their passions into their work and do it from anywhere in the world they want to be. Josh, thank you for being here today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really happy to be on the first video episode. And the fact that you reached out was really fun because I just landed in Seattle a few days ago and I was like, if anyone's in the area and wants to do something, meet up for business contact, something, and then I get an immediate message from you. Yeah, funny thing, I, I was messing around with Snapchat, opened up Snap Maps, I seen Josh here, so I reached out to him and sent a message, hey, you want to be on the podcast? He said yes. <laughs> so first time I ever done that, it paid off, it paid off great. So Josh, you have a lot of things going on. What are you focusing on right now? Uh, I want to say I'm focusing mainly on SEO because I've gone back to my roots. SEO is my roots. That's where I got started. That's where I've developed all my other side jobs because of it. Because I went through the time of basically running an agency and teaching everyone, wearing too many different hats. And now I'm scaling back and I'm pretty much just doing SEO and YouTube. And I'm having a lot of fun with that. So how did you get started doing this? What <laughs> well, it's a, it's a funny story. I am a stubborn person. <laughs> I like to work the way I want to work, and I value my freedom more than money when it comes down to it, because I want to be able to work on my hobbies and my passions and just have fun with it. So I've only had one real job, and that was Starbucks. I worked at Starbucks for two weeks. I was in a Vons, it was horrible. <laughs> and then I quit. That, ex that same day, I went door to door in like a one mile radius, knocking on businesses saying, do you need a website? And I started building WordPress websites for 300 bucks. And I just been doing that ever since. Right, uh, right when I was in college, I was the youngest uh, person to enter one of the SEO uh, internships they had. So, and then they, I did well and they invited me back to teach it. And I taught it for the next two and a half years worked briefly at an agency over there, and then I learned what I don't want to be like in an SEO agency, and I learned all the things I, of the qualities of a boss I want to be like. And then from there, I just kept working on my stuff. College got too expensive and too crowded, so I dropped out, and I've been on my own ever since, and I've been doing SEO for probably about seven years, web, web development seven years, YouTube for about five, and just been having a lot of fun along the way. From your point of view, what do, what do most small businesses get wrong about uh, social media? What are they doing wrong? Not, I think the number one thing is not every business needs to be on social media. That's the first thing. I have plumbers and dentists and mattress stores calling me up going, I need to be on social media. I need funny pictures. I need to be personable. I'm like, y you can, but like as a mattress store, unless you're like making a full-on marketing campaign with like big deals, sales, mascots, whatever you want to do, I don't exactly see it translating because it's social when it comes to 
personalities, public figures, yes, that's what you can do. If you're just doing ad campaigns, that's fine. And you can do targeted stuff, but most of the people I talk to for businesses want social media that's content-based. And I, I always warn them, I go, it's not, your, it's not up your alley. It's not what you need to do. I warned this one client, we did a uh, three-month case study project for, um, it was uh, elderly diapers. They were, they were adamant on being on Facebook. Three separate times I turned them down and went, you do not need to be on Facebook. Like, we do. We really do. We want our, our elder diapers to be on Facebook. It's basically like a penis sleeve for old men. I'm like, you don't need that. They wore me down. I said yes. They did for three months, and they I, they paid me. And they're like, I, I now know why we don't need to be on it. I'm like, I tried to tell you. <laughs> oh, that's a great story. Uh, when a business comes to you and they say, you know, we want to be on all social media, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook. Mm. What do you do? You tell them like, no, you need to focus on this. So how does that work? Well, first off, I tell them, do they understand? I, I ask them, do they understand how much money that would cost? Because if they want every platform, daily updates, and that's unique content, because what we do as an agency is we'll build out a month's worth of content, but we stagger it. We do the waterfall style of content where we'll take, say we make 20, video, 20 pieces of media, and we'll go three go here, three go here, three go here, and then they rotate throughout the month so you're not on the same platform watching all the same, so, uh, all the same type of content, because what's the point of following the same account if they're posting the exact same thing every day? That's why like, with my Instagram, it's usually a day or two behind, just because I don't want to upload it the night of, too. So when a company um, asks about that, I, I make them take a step back, look at their business demographic, look at their current strategy, and help them decide what's going to be the best. Because, you know, I work in Hollywood a lot. There's plenty of agencies who just take the money and run and charge you five grand just to start. And I'm here to help businesses and also make sure I'm not working or overworking myself. Yeah, so I'll go, no, you don't need to be on Twitter because I personally don't like Twitter. It's great for automating coupons or something, but it, it just, it's not for businesses anymore. If they're on Instagram, cool, but you need photo shoots and content, and this is going to be the block cost. I have a lot of companies who go, can we be on Snapchat? I go, you don't need to. <laughs> Unless you have a dedicated uh, team to it, just having fun in the office, being a great personality, mm -hmm. awesome. But there's a lot of creative and liability issues that you can get mixed in there, because who knows what they can really show to the public. Yeah, exactly. So you covered this a little bit, but how, how, does, how do you disqualify a business? Because right? every customer is a good customer. How do you disqualify them? Well, first off, they need to have um, manageable goals. If someone appear, uh, comes to me and go, I need a million followers on YouTube, I go, no, it's not going to work. You, you, you might be a career coach, but you're not releasing videos in a type of way that um, will let you get to that sort of growth. The I guess what it comes down to, the main thing is, are they willing to learn? Can I educate them? Because no matter what I, no matter what client I approach, I educate them more than anything. I am the type of person that I will sit down with the client and I will tell them pretty much my whole strategy, what I'm doing for them, exactly what SEO does, what I would recommend. Look, I will pull up on the computer, show their competitors and all that, and I'm happy to give away information. Because when you're giving something away, giving education, and they see value to it, that's an intrinsic relationship exactly. that's established. And also, a lot of people I know were too afraid to just give away their secrets, and they're like, oh, it's like a salesman tactic. You gotta buy in for more. I go, no, first off, they're not the expert, you are. They're coming to you for a reason. They can write down everything you said, but they can only remember half of it or even apply like 10% of it. So th there's no danger there. No, there's not. So, so as long as they're willing to learn and like understanding that this is long-term stuff, 
SEO is long-term growth. Social media is long-term growth. I dispel any rumors about growth hacking or anything like that because, yeah, I know agencies who just buy viewers or something like that, but it doesn't convert. It's great for the good uh, the first month, but what do you do after that? It's good for banning metrics, but yeah. actually doing sales, it doesn't convert. Nope. So, um, is there any certain business you target, industry you target, or you, you take all, all covers? Uh, for YouTube, it's been mainly uh, video game type of YouTubers, because they're big streamers, and they have a lot of fun with their type of communities, and they're very consistent in the way they keep coming back. But um, for business itself, uh, I've been leaning more towards the restaurant industry, because okay. I, I, my background was in restaurant marketing. And then I, I help with franchises, establishing their concepts, their portfolios, and their online strategy. And it's kind of my dream type of uh, contract where I have a few set up like that, where after the main strategy is built for the main business and the corporate and the franchising, the licensing, all that type of stuff, they pass on my SEO costs to each franchisor. Okay. So we can give targeted and localized uh, results for that store. And it doesn't cost the main company anything. They just roll it into the royalty cost. That's great. And I'm guessing you're nationwide? Yeah, yeah. I, I've spoke at probably 12 colleges across the country. Um, virtually spoke to probably like uh, eight. I, I'm planning to speak on one of them in England through and Australia through virtual. I would love them to fly me there, but <laughs> it's not going to happen. And uh, yeah, with my job with SEO and YouTube, really as long as the time zone's not crazy, I can do it anywhere in the world. Okay. And I love it in Seattle because there's Wi-Fi everywhere. Yeah. So that's really nice. So let's suppose there's a person out there and you know, graduate from college, whatever the case may be, and they want to do what you're doing. Mm -hmm. What advice do you have to break into the industry? Well, it, it's just a, a long-term process. That's all it is. There's no barrier besides learning it. That's it. Uh, because you can go on Amazon, you can see the top 10 books in any subject, buy all top 10, read them every day. In three months, you'll know everything you need to know because they're going to start repeating themselves. I've done that with YouTube books, SEO books, motivation books. After a while, they all start to sound the same. They all have the same type of tactics. And then just reading an article or two a day, doing that, the biggest thing will be probably just getting that first foot in the door. Like when I was uh, doing um, my first few contracts, 100 bucks a month for SEO. Just bare minimum, I'm just like, please pay me. Yeah. I need to learn, I need to get the analytics. I've read about it. And then um, and that's why I disagree with certain things like Ty Lopez or anything where they go, right out the gate, you come out with this three, four, five grand strategy. I'm like, that's not, not saying you don't deserve that. I'm saying as a first client, especially in your infancy steps, you don't know how to handle client relations. You're coming off book learning. And that's the one type of thing I bring to colleges. I don't type, uh, teach the book learning. I teach practical type of things. I will walk through my experiences with clients. I have a fun story about how it was me versus a whole team, a marketing team of students for this one contract bid for Baja Fresh. And the students were like, should I just tell the story or should I? Okay, so. Oh, yeah, interesting. So uh, I, I worked with, um, uh, Wilfy, Waba Grill, Baja Fresh, um, a bunch of other like I done their training videos and uh, uh, franchise marketing, store marketing, stuff like that. And so I was down in Irvine, in California, for meeting with Baja Fresh, and there was the big conference room. And then uh, it was me and this group of uh, marketing students. They're all seniors. It's part of their thesis too, and they're all, they're really excited because they're like, "This is gonna be our first paid job. It's gonna be great." Um, I'm a pretty casual guy. I just had my button up and just kind of sat like I'm sitting now on my phone, just kind of checking things out. I had, uh, I didn't bring anything with me because I, I had a call with him the day before and I just said, I just let him know like, 
I approach things a little bit differently. On the other hand, there's four students, suit, tie, business skirts, ready. Each of them had binders. They were decked out. And I'm like, huh, okay. So for whatever reason, when they went to talk to the, the marketing board and the CEO, they left the conference room door open. I don't know if that's just because it was hot or something, but I got to listen to them walk through their presentation. And it felt like a book report. And I could see the board members just going, okay. And all they did was say, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong, and give definitions that they've learned in class. And I was like, Yes. Kind of just sitting there going, oh, no, 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 no. Because before, we're sitting next to each other, and they're like, oh, what are you here for? I'm like, oh, I'm here for the marketing bit. And they, they don't mean to be snooty, but yeah, you know, like, they're ready. Like, and they, they're go, they're like, this guy, they, oh, where's your materials? Oh, I don't have any. And they're like, yeah, we're ready. Oh, we got this. And then um, so they went on for like 15 minutes, and they all sat down. They're like, we're good, we're good. I'm like, okay. And so they sat back down, and they were staying. And then they called me, and door was still open. And he went... And so we sat down, I, I sat there and I went, so what do you need? <laughs> I started off the interview. Yeah, like and then as the other kids were just like, what is, what's going on over there? And they're like, oh, do you have any materials? And I'm like, I'm like no, I kind of do this all the time. So I'm here to answer any questions. I looked you up online and you've been doing this, this, and this. But I would suggest this. And I started talking about how they can incorporate different in-store techniques, reference Chipotle, all that type of things. Kind of everything the other students didn't do. And it was, it was a little satisfying, but it was just a prime example of all the students coming out of marketing, thinking they can start their own social media agencies, thinking they can start their own SEO. They were just taking book learning and uh, definitions, throwing it at people, and people can smell that bullshit. You, you, you can know when you're being sold to or just regurgitating information. All they had to do to save it would just be like, propose solutions, not just point out problems. Exactly, exactly. And that, that's just what I do when it comes down to it. That's a great lesson for everyone out there. Yeah, so if you're, if you're a student and you wanna start something, Research it, approach it timidly, be humble in the beginning because the world doesn't owe you anything and the, it's business. You r I'd rather have you learn and um, how to manage and talk to clients and create that life cycle instead of charging someone three, four grand, then it falling apart a month later and then you feed the bad reputation that a lot of social media companies have or something like that. Because we all probably know like 10 people online who's like, I have an agency. I have the agency Instagram and the agency thing. We post inspirational quotes every day. Why are we making money? <laughs> exactly. That's been a good point. There's like, still like literally like thousands of social media agencies out there. It's crowded. You, you're a business owner. How do you determine the best one for you? Like how do you get through all the noise and stuff out there? At, at this point, really, it's just word of mouth. That, 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 that's how I get all my clients now. That's the way I prefer it because I'd rather do in-person meetings. I've gotten a few leads through my site and through my other contacts, but cold leads like that don't really care because I can't gauge what they're, what they're into. And social media takes a long time. That's why we scaled back a little bit. We only have two social media clients right now, and the rest are just SEO, because SEO leads to more passive income, and that's great. It just takes forever to set up. Yes. So Josh, can you talk about telling you of success in the past, what you learned from the success, and what we can learn from the success you had in the past? Let's see. Well, I got more failures than successes, but I'm on, an, I'm on an upswing right now. So I think one of my favorite successes is when I really started to um, uh, work with a new group of YouTubers. And it was the first time they saw real value in it. 
and I was able to put together a really big report. I just I was able to put all the analytics case studies because I'm really good at outlining designing reports and then I had them sit down and there was like a few other YouTubers from the building so we had like a full room and I was doing a presentation because I, I was just clearly passionate about it and it was received well and that's how I got most of my YouTube contracts that day and they pay that's the good thing YouTubers don't make a lot of money right now especially with all the ad issues going on and it's on the upswing slowly but so it meant a lot when they I was able to put my quote out there and they went, no, how about this? And it was, a, it was higher than I expected. And that made me feel incredibly valued. So I, I always chase that feeling if it's possible. I would love, I'd love to meet the type of people that value, value everything and your information, your input so much that they're willing to invest in you versus just write you off like a service. So I guess the lesson from that too is no matter where you're speaking or what you're doing with it, let your passion shine through. Don't sell, don't do anything, over, over share if you need to, but it, as long as you're passionate about it. I don't want people coming off and treating it like it's just another job. Good advice. Now, for YouTube ads, is it truly that the ad has to sell the whole way if you get money for it, or how does that work? Okay, so uh, before what was called the ad, dubbed the adpocalypse, the basic ad rate was roughly 0.004 cents. So every thousand, thousand views is roughly four bucks if you're a really good YouTuber. Now it's like almost half that. Because um, when uh, YouTube realized, okay, anyone could just click ads and then they're finding out it's on like gang videos, ISIS videos, all these things, Coca-Cola's peering up. They're like, that's not what we want. They fixed all that now with a bunch of community guidelines and you have to have a certain amount of subscribers and views to be eligible for monetization. So that's good. But um, no, you, they don't have to finish the video. But the longer the watch time is, the more valuable the ads get. So we got the overlay ads, which are just like the flat rate, maybe like 25 cents, something like that. And that, that's pretty high for just an average YouTuber. Then you got the middle video, which is great. And that usually varies on the type of ad you put, like a skippable ad, the non-skippable, which they're pushing a lot because it's a newer type of ad format, uh, 10 to 15 seconds, can't skip it. They usually have higher production quality because they want you to finish it. Uh, but sometimes people just leave videos because they don't want to they don't want to do that, but they're pushing the non-skippable ads because it pays more for YouTubers because they're trying to catch up because the more money they can make, they can skim more off the top. So the longer a video runs on YouTube, the uh, more valuable the ads get overall. That's why certain long-form podcasts on YouTube are doing very well with minimal ads because they usually have the in-podcast in ads. Yeah. So it, it goes hand-in-hand. Hand watch. It's all about watch time now. Okay, Josh, next... Talk about something you failed in the past. What you learned from this failure? What are you just gonna learn from this failure? Well, there's a lot of failures. Uh, I think, honestly, the the one of the biggest ones is gonna be the one that's coming up, and I take it as a failure. Of, I'm getting rid of my office, and it, it, it's bittersweet because um, I've had that office for two and a half years. I had a full team in it too when we started. I, and we got up to six people. We're in there every day. I'm training people. We're doing all that. But you know, over time, some people either realize that this entrepreneur lifestyle is not for them, and other ones just kind of find other opportunities, or maybe it's not stable enough for them. And the few that did stay on, uh, I've trained so well that now they all work remote, and it's just me, <laughs> and I get bored, and now I'm realizing uh, that end of an era is, it's over. And uh, during that month, I lost one of my uh, biggest clients 
not because anything I did. It's because they they had some uh, restaurant issues that they uh, they didn't get some licensing for something. Oh, wow. So they're like, oh, we need. A, we'll we'll pay you when we have the money. So we'll pause everything. I'm like. That plus all the realizing the office stuff going down, that just kind of hit hard. So I had to take a, I have a partnership with an agency right now. So it just took a really big hit to my pride. Yeah, pride's my deadly sin. I, I don't, I'm not like crazy about it, but it's, it's going to be a big thing. And I know it's going to hurt. I got to sell everything in the office and it's, it's going to be upset because I worked so long and so hard to get to that point. I have pictures when we all went to Ikea. I'm like, man, we're young. Oh my gosh. And I just like drop 800 bucks. And we have, we build everything. It was the funnest part of my life. Like it was perfect. And it's going to be gone. <laughs> now that part of your life has got to end. Yeah. Like we're going to begin a new journey. Accessible. Yeah. It's, it's bittersweet. I, I understand that it was, it was good while it lasts. The next one will be even better, but uh, it also comes down to the different type of lifestyle. Yes, I want an office, but right now with where I'm getting and trying to move to Seattle and everything and traveling a lot, I might just have to go back to the cafe slash WeWork space type of deal. And, you know, it, it hurts. It, I, I take it as a defeat. Some people go, no, you're going to save money. I'm like, I really like that office. <laughs> it was a big personal moment for me. That's a great story. Can you tell us about someone who's helped you in the past and how they helped you? Yeah. So, honestly, the biggest thing you can do in life is give your peers or someone below you a chance. If you're an honest person, that's the rarest thing to find. Working in Hollywood, dime a dozen scumbags, everyone does the Hollywood deals, they'll shake your hand, but cross their fingers behind your back, and if a better offer comes, they ditch. Uh, I used to work on a lot of film sets, and I met this uh, guy who basically became my mentor, David Fletcher, and he was the first one to really just give me a chance, because he, 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 he went through the same exact things I went through, and we worked on a few film sets together. He was a producer, then he brought me on as assistant producer, we developed this relationship, He's like, so what do you do? I'm like, oh, I do YouTube and websites. And I went, okay, here's a little project that we need for the movie that we're making. Go ahead and start making this. Okay, cool. No pay for it, but I was like, it's experience. Sure, I'm going to do it. Worked out well. We developed a little working relationship. And then uh, he just always went, I wish there was something else I could do for you. I'll let you know. So cut to like eight months later. I was in the third semester in a row on the, on, in the first week of college. Uh, I was my junior year because um, every time I went back to college, it was so crowded I couldn't get all the classes I needed. I am someone who did all the APs in high school and everything, so I came in with my first two years basically done, but to the college system that went, no, 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 stay here, we need you to pay money. You're not a priority because you're already on track. I, so I, I was getting, I needed all the 301 and 401 classes but I was not the right age for it. So for all the other students to graduate on track, they moved me down priority. So for three semesters in a row, I couldn't get the classes I need. And all the school said was, take an elective. I'm not paying like $2,000 just for a single elective. I got really upset. So I, and I, I was coming out of my last class that was, it was waitlisted. So I showed up, but there's four other people in front of me. I'm like, this is packed. I'm not going to get this class. For the third semester in a row, I'm not going to be able to go to school. I'm trying. I was so angry, and I was sitting there in the food court. I'm just at my wit's end, and I get a call from him. And he goes, do you want a job? <laughs> Perfect timing. And I go, what is it? And uh, he goes, hey, uh, got a job at Live Nation for you. They're opening up a new talent database division, and I, they need someone to head it. Uh, the pay's not great right now, but we'll see where it goes. 
I didn't have a car at that time either, so I just shambled things together and I made it there the next day for my interview and then I've been working for Live Nation ever since. And they taught me how to do all the remote things and even till today, me and him just work on projects together. So I owe a lot to him and the best thing is, no matter what age you are, giving people younger or older a chance, you can be a mentor to anyone. Just be real, just be honest with them. Don't dangle a carrot or any incentives, just present the opportunity and if they're serious, let them chase after it. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big thing, you know, everyone needs a mentor. Okay, what position you have, what age, what yeah. you need a mentor. And my thing definitely is a good mentor is, you know, you don't go a mentor telling good news all the time. No. Somebody tell, somebody bad happened. Hey, you know, hey Josh. Yeah. You know, I did this stupid stuff in my job and I'm about to get fired. How to overcome it, what do I fix it? Yeah, you know, yeah, everything. Somebody, somebody you, got, you, know, you can trust. Mm-hmm. Josh, Dex, tell us something about yourself most people don't know. Like your family, close friends know this, but most people that know you day to day don't know this about you. Uh, let's see. I'm pretty open on Snapchat. So, because I, 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 like, I love vlogging. It was really hard in the beginning because I didn't like the way I looked on camera or anything like that. That's something people don't know. Uh, you know, people say I'm a nerd, but then they don't understand the depth of how big of a nerd I am. You know, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, yes. But I know the entire lore, all 12 to 15 years and extended universe lore of Bionicle. And people go, wait, wait, that, that Lego thing from a long time ago? Yeah, I know way too much. I never show my collection, I, but I've got way too much. I've got probably all 600 figures in pristine condition and everything. That's a different, that's a different level right there. Oh, yeah. It has been my passion. <laughs> so that, that's a snippet because I don't show it because I go, it's not presented right. I need, a, I need to build shelves or something. <laughs> so, Josh, I didn't ask you this before, but are you going to have a book to recommend? Oh, I got a lot of books. So I, I got too many bookshelves, but I'm currently rereading two. Uh, one of them is the Steve Jobs biography, the one that's like 800 pages long. Yeah, that's a great book. Love that book. It's just a really good motivation, and it, a lot of people just think these role models that they put up there, their heroes, are just like un, un, unfallible, all this type of stuff. And no. Steve Jobs was an asshole, and it was a little weird. Exactly, but it's the story and the passion behind it that really drives it. And the other one is uh, you're a badass at making money. That one, I don't agree with all of it, but it's, it has a good mindset value of you are worth something. So I read that when I was first coming out of my, okay, I'm done doing this for experience. I'm done doing this for exposure. I deserve to be paid. <laughs> and I, that book came across my way and really just solidified the mindset and gave me some of the confidence going, okay, now I know what to plan for. Now I can put a number to my name. Are you, are you, will you be able to give a, a free gift or resource to listeners? Uh, I can give someone my unofficial ebook that I'm working on and to another person, if they're interested, a YouTube crash course. Oh, that's very valuable, thank and you. Stuff. So that'd be like a one-on-one Skype call and I'd be like, hey, don't screenshot this because this is a YouTuber's account, but this is what you do. That's great. <laughs> and I'll be able to answer questions about YouTuber stuff. As long as they're not like, how do I become famous for playing <laughs> Minecraft or something like that. I get way too many messages like that. I imagine you do. <laughs> Josh, can you share your social media? Hope yeah. Reach out to you. Yeah, the main, uh, main thing is my Snapchat at Mr. Sci-Fi Guy. But um, me and my uh, assistant and a close friend, Hannah, uh, she's also a kick-ass designer, my social media manager, started a new Instagram just called The Motivation Team. 
and we were having a lot of fun with that. And that's where we're sharing some of our insights, our stories, and differing a little bit more from Snapchat. So you can go ahead and follow me on Snapchat and then follow that Instagram as well. Okay. So from your point of view, what, what social medias are the best like for business? Like, like Snapchat's number one, Instagram's number one? Right, uh, now, I think it's, right now I think it's honestly Instagram. Okay. As much as their algorithm sucks, their ad targets are on point. Facebook ads have gone down the toilet because they changed everything. Because uh, businesses, you can't, you can't reach any of your base now without paying. We did a bunch of experiments. We'd be able to, like three months ago, we were able to post and reach like 50% of the like base. Now, you get 5% maybe. But you throw on the minimum of $5, you hit your full target. So Facebook is just money grabbing. Instagram's clean and it's great for business and it's micro content, which is awesome. I don't understand companies that use Snapchat for business unless you're an agency or people like us who teach and we run things and we have a lot of fun with it because it's a personality base. And then um, uh, LinkedIn got the huge update uh, like last year where it's more like Facebook. Yeah. And it, but it looks like, it looks like Twitter though. <laughs> and all these videos on there. It, and, and it's good you do a video, but sometimes I look at my feed like video, 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 you know, mm. like, and you know, they really know what they're talking about or you know, or, you know, what's... It's just too crowded though. That's the one thing. Like, I like LinkedIn and I like that you can go for it and like put your content out there on what you're an expert in. But everyone's also doing that too. Yeah. And it's in, depending on your social circle in there, it's really small and really concentrated. So it's a, because everyone wants to sell to each other, but everyone also knows everyone else is a business person. They don't really want to buy from each other. So, yes, exactly. but I think the best platform to circle back from my little tangent is Instagram right Instagram. now. You just need good aesthetics, good photos, clean graphics. That's all you need. So Josh, we're coming to the end of our talk. Can you provide any last minute advice or wisdom to listeners on anything you want to talk about? My main thing is don't regurgitate information. If you're reading a book, go ahead and write down things for yourself, um, especially when it comes down to like presenting the clients or just making network connections in life. My biggest issue at college is, uh, is breaking people out of the college mindset. I don't care what your final grade score is. I don't care how many uh, courses you've taken in the marketing thing. I dropped out of school because I couldn't pay for it and the marketing I was learning wasn't teaching anything that was current. Even the schools today don't really teach anything that's super current because you can't write a textbook on something that changes every six months. So I would say just focus on being practical. Put yourself out there. Even if you have some bad relationships with clients at the beginning, you're gonna learn. And I'd rather have you have those experiences now than down the line when you get a really big opportunity because you've been waiting for it and you just don't know how to handle it. Yes. For our viewers, we're gonna have links to all the to his books and our social media show notes. Ready? Yeah. Thank you, Josh, for being here. I really appreciate it. Love being here. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. And to our, to our viewers, thank you for your time as well. We know your time is valuable. And remember to be great every day. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Kavnis HR. For more exclusive content, as well as your free copy of HR Laws, be sure to visit KavnisHR.com or connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and Facebook at Kavnis HR. Thanks again, and be great every day.